Good morning. And Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let me say that again, but this time say it with me. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you for saying that with me. I'm going to say it one more time. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Good morning and thank you for joining with us today. It's great to see all of your faces. I know we have some worshiping with us from home as well. Thank you for joining us in worship. Please listen as I read from John 12, 12 to 16 of the triumphal entry. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey on and, and sat on it, just as it is written, prophesied, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. We come together today to remember and to celebrate Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus triumphantly entered into Jerusalem. Yes, Jesus entered Jerusalem triumphantly as a coming king. The cloaks would be laid down. He would come on a donkey. Palm trees would be waved back and forth. There would be crowds, crowds of people welcoming in and him in and proclaiming loudly for all to hear, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I thank all the children for doing that this morning as we started. But can you imagine the crowds? Kids, you did pretty good. But can you imagine the crowds yelling throughout that city? Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes. Here comes the king! And these crowds have been estimated not just to be a crowd of a hundred people, not just a crowd of a thousand, but it could have been hundreds of thousands. It could have been millions as people were in this city for the Passover. They would exclaim again, they would proclaim Hosanna, meaning praise, meaning adoration. But what were they adoring? What were they exclaiming? What were they proclaiming? What were they meaning by this? Because this is what we remember today. But you see, as they would be proclaiming Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is this king. The king is coming. They would be thinking that this conquering king would be coming into Jerusalem to save them from Rome, to save them, save them from oppression. And yet we have a different story. We have the full story. We have the full knowledge of God's word. It says that his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been said, written about him, and had been done to him. You see, we have the full story, and we know that Jesus didn't just come into town as some great conquering king riding on horseback with sword drawn to go to war with Rome. No, Jesus came humbly on a donkey, an act of sacrificial service. Jesus would come to serve. And in Mark 10:45, we read, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. I want to take you on a different journey today. 
I want to talk to you about a different direction today. We spend so much time every year normally talking about the specific holidays, the Palm Sunday holiday and Jesus triumphantly coming. But I think we know that. Even as we came in this morning and we're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in name the Lord. I want to take you on a different journey. I want to look to, you, to the coming week. I want to take you to see what Jesus would do as a king. Jesus came to serve. We must be like Jesus. Jesus came to serve. Serve like Jesus. That's the big idea today. You see, this weekend, Pastor Chuck has led the teens in the Serve Bloomer event. They've been serving our town, our community, and our people. Your friends, your family, your relatives. They've been walking throughout town. They've been driving throughout town praying. They've been painting They're baking cookies and making greeting cards to take to the nursing homes, the assisted living facilities. They are serving. They serve just like Jesus coming to Jerusalem because Jesus came not for himself, not to be served, but to serve. You see, serving isn't about ourselves, but so often that's what we think about, isn't it? So often when we think about serving, we think about me, 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 me. Who can serve me? What can I get? Yes, I will sign up for this event, but Pastor Chuck, tell me, what am I going to get out of this? We hear that. But Jesus didn't come for himself. Jesus came for us. So I want us to look to an example of what Jesus would do later on that week. Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 13, 1 through 17. John 13, 1 to 17. There's Bibles in front of you in the pews, and you can follow along. All right, please follow along in John chapter 13 as I read. Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. We're at verse 4 of John 13. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And he wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, Not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are 
clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. Verse 14, If I, then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, and in saying truly, truly, he's saying listen up, listen closely, listen to what I'm about to say. I'm about to put down some truth. I'm about to speak some truth to you. I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you who do them. Thank you for reading along with me from John 13, 1 through 17. You see, Jesus came to serve. We need to serve like Jesus. In that Mark verse, Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for the many. We too should be serving others. We too should be willing to ransom our life for the many. But how do we do this? Where do we start? What do we do in our everyday lives? How do we humble ourselves as Jesus did here? Well, that's where we get to number one. Today's going to be very easy for you note takers. I want you to be willing to get down and dirty. I think we need to look to the example that Christ Jesus gave us himself. And Jesus was willing to get down and dirty. What do we do to serve others? We follow the example that Christ Jesus gave us. You know, this was not a clean task. The act of washing the feet was generally reserved for the lowliest of low, the servants of the house. And as people would come in for a feast, come in for a visit, the servant would get down on their hands and knees. They would get their their bucket, their basin, they'd get their pitcher of water, they'd get a towel, and they'd have, they'd have that person's foot in it, and they would wash it. Well, we're going to look to this washing act here in just a moment, but what I want you to see first is Jesus did not wait for the servant to come and do it. Jesus became the servant and served the servants. Jesus himself got down and dirty, and we should be following the master, the teacher's example. So right now, I want everybody to take your shoes off. Never mind, don't do that. Mona, you started to. Thank you. But no, I did this activity with the teens on Friday night as I was speaking to them about this topic. And I'm going to make the teens act some of this out with me or speak out with me. But right now, I just think it's a great idea to just have Pastor Chuck come up here. So Pastor Chuck, come up here. And I want you to have a seat right here. And Pastor Chuck, I want you to take your shoes off I want you to take your socks off. Do it. I'm serious. I'm serious. Go ahead. Take your socks off. Take your shoes off. We want to see those wiggly toes. And I have a purpose here. Um, Greg, can you give me some Lysol, though? I might need that. No, I'm joking. You can leave it, maybe. We showered yesterday. They showered yesterday. Here's my point that I want you to see first. I want you to show everybody your feet. Did anybody bring their sunglasses? Those are white feet. Those are clean feet. And here's my point I want you to see is that Chuck's feet has been serving all weekend. He's been serving this community. And he has been working hard. Would you say you've been working hard? Mr. Bobby, Miss Bobby, you've been with him. Has he been working pretty hard? 
Well, Pastor Chuck's feet may be achy, they may be sweaty, they may be even a little bit stinky, but they are nothing like what the disciples' feet would look like. There's none, they, they look nothing like anybody's feet from this day and age. The people from this day and age, their feet would be covered in dirt and sand and dust and straw and... Well, you know, there was a lot more live animals in the day back then. There was camels and donkeys and horses, all these animals walking around in the streets. And I'm guessing that from time to time, they might have even planted that bare foot right in that. Can I say poop? We're going out live. All right. So here's what I want you to envision. I want you to envision these feet covered in all this junk, all this gunk, all this dirt, these stinky feet, and yet this scripture tells us Jesus served his servants. Jesus served his disciples. He got down and dirty. He went low to do this service. Chuck, thank you for serving us. Why don't you put your feet in there for us? You guys thought that this water was in case you fell asleep during service, and maybe I should just keep one up here all the time, just so there's always that threat. But no, this water is for you. Chuck, I want to thank you for your service to this community, for your service to this church, for your service to these teens. You are a man who acts out Jesus' actions to us every single day. You love this church, you love God, you love God's people, and we see you serve us all the time. At the beginning, when you just started here about seven months ago, you saw us doing worship from videos, and you said, I can play guitar, I can sing, I might not be the best, but let's get back to worshiping with an instrument with voices. Chuck, the staff loves you, the church loves you, and we're here to serve you. We're here to serve alongside you. Thank you for your service to us. I should have heated the water. <laughs> I'm awake. You see, as Jesus would have done this, these disciples' feet, they could have been covered in calluses and bruises. They could have been covered in dirt, mud, and who knows what else. But Jesus still got down and dirty. Thank you. You can put your shoes and socks back on. To serve his people. Jesus would go further than that. Jesus would serve his people in more than just physical ways. He would serve his people in spiritual ways. And I want you to see that number one was simply get down and dirty. Think about somebody else. Think about other people besides yourself. And sometimes we need to persuade those people. We see Jesus' entire life was characterized by serving others, by serving people. And here we see the example where Peter says, Jesus, not me. Jesus, are you going to wash my feet? Peter thought, no, this is not something you're supposed to do. This is a radical, extreme idea. He would flip the normal ideals upside down as the leader never got down and served the servants. Thank you, Chuck. Jesus persuaded Peter and told him, no, you must have this. You need this. And sometimes we need to persuade people. 
gently persuade them and explain to them why we want to bless them, why we want to serve them, why we want to help them. It's so easy to just accept that, no, you want to help somebody and you think, oh, I'm going to do a good deed. I'm going to offer to paint that, that water treatment plant. And they say, oh, that's okay. We, we don't need you to paint. We'll get to it eventually. Oh, great. I got out of that one. But no, go above and beyond. Express how much you just want to serve. You want to bless them. You want to help them. Jesus would do whatever it would take to help people understand the meaning of serving. And that included him, the Lord, the teacher, the God man, getting down on his hands and knees. But number two, we also see that serving others is more than just physical. It's spiritual. Serving others is more than just physical. It's spiritual. Jesus had a purpose behind washing these feet. One, it was to show the servants that we should serve all people, any people. You're not at the top of the chain here. Look, we see the Lord, the teacher, God, Jesus himself got down on his knees. But he had another purpose too. This was a physical service to also show a spiritual need. This was a physical service to also show a spiritual need. His humiliating death upon the cross is what makes a spiritual cleansing possible. Now, they didn't know it at this time. They didn't understand it at this time. But Jesus was also illustrating that they needed a spiritual cleansing, and only Jesus can bring that spiritual cleansing. We must be washed clean, but not just by anybody. We must be washed clean by the Lord of all creation, by Jesus Christ himself who is there. We need Jesus. Jesus tells Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Jesus washing the disciples' feet helps to show them that only he takes the sins of the world away. And Jesus even washed the feet of the person who was to betray him. Judas Iscariot. Jesus knew it would be him. But let's think about that too. Jesus also washed all the disciples' feet here, as far as we know, and all of these disciples would walk away, go into hiding. Jesus would be alone, yet Jesus, he didn't think about that. He didn't say, well, you're going to betray me, so you just go over there in the corner. You're not worthy of my service. For you know, none are good, no, not one. None of us are worthy, but God still sent his son to save us, to serve us. In fact, as we look on, We see Pastor John Piper who said, I think I wrote it up there, the mark of a completely clean disciple is that they hate their daily shortcomings and come to Christ for daily cleansing, foot washing. If you confess your sins and he is faithful and just, he will forgive and cleanse. We only need to go to him once to seek forgiveness. And Jesus forgives us the power of the cross, the power of the resurrection, but we should be so appreciative of this cleansing so in love with the Savior, and so disappointed by our daily shortcomings that we want to go to him in constant communion, seeking forgiveness, seeking cleansing, and seeking help, seeking his strength. Which brings me to think about the setting. I want us to think about number three. We don't just serve others in the good times of life, in the sunshine of great days, But we serve others even in the darkest nights of your life as well. You see, as we think about this setting, in verse 1 it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
Anybody in here ever thought about making a bucket list of things you want to do before you die? Generally, do those things that you want to do before you die have to do with others, serving others, washing other people's feet, or does it have to do with me? I mean, I think about joking, jokes I've made about bucket lists, and I think, I want to go skydiving. My wife won't let me. I want to go rock climbing. I want to go bungee jumping. I want to do all these like crazy extreme things before I die. But then we see Jesus' example. It says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Even here at this Passover feast, when he knew what was coming, Jesus knows that the cross is near in his future. In just a few short hours, it's been estimated somewhere between 15 and 18 hours, our Lord will be suspended between the sky and the earth as a sin bearer for all of mankind. Before the sun would set again, he would breathe his last tortured breath. And despite all of this, he's not out partying. He's out serving. He's out teaching. He's out getting down and dirty teaching a physical example, teaching a spiritual example to his disciples. Which brings me to number three. Don't just serve others in the good times of life and the sunshine of great days, but serve others even in the darkest nights of your life as well. Jesus served, Jesus loved even to the end and beyond. Jesus is still loving us today. Jesus is still serving us today. Jesus is still forgiving us today. And it's his blood that washes us clean. As one pastor once said in a sermon titled, For His Sake and for Your Joy, Go Low. We need to go low. For His sake and for your joy, go low. You see, sometimes to be blessed, we must first bless. Sometimes to be blessed, we must first bless. And as we bless others, we'll find that we are doing it for His sake. We're doing it for His glory, not our own. And By doing these things, we will find joy too. For his sake and for your joy, go low. Think about others, but don't just do it seeking the blessing. The blessing comes naturally as a result of thinking of others more than yourself. And in doing this, it glorifies God. Jesus went low. Jesus came to serve. And we need to serve like Jesus. We need to go low. Jesus loved and served till the end. And in the end, Jesus went to his knees and washed feet. Dirty, muddy, dusty, stinky feet. Chuck, my hands kind of... Jesus, Jesus rubbed his disciples' feet with his own hands. Can you imagine that? Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our teacher got down on his knees and rubbed his own disciples' feet, cleaning them. But we don't have to imagine it. We can know it because Jesus is still in the act of cleansing feet. Jesus cleanses our lives from our sin every single day. Jesus went lower than low. Jesus laid down his own life as a ransom for the many. He died so that all might find help, not just physically, not just emotionally, but spiritually. I'm going to be wrapping up here in just a moment. And as I wrap up, I want to challenge you to think about your families. Think about Bloomer. Think about our neighbors. Think about our church. Think about our universal church. Think about our teens who are serving Bloomer this weekend. Allow this to be a challenge to remember Mark 10, 45, that for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. Remember that Jesus laid his life down humbly, sacrificially. He thought of others. He came to serve. Yes, this day we think about him triumphantly coming into Jerusalem, palm trees being waved, cloaks being laid down for this donkey to trample over. But we also know that he came not for himself. He came for us. So how do we do this? What do we do with our own lives? I challenge the teens with this saying. I made it up, so maybe it's a little corny, but I hope it challenges them and maybe you. Tell them, show them, give them. TSG. Let's find TSG moments. Let's find and make moments to tell people about the love of Christ, to show people the love of Christ, and to give them the love of Christ. TSG, tell them, show them, give them. You can't have one without the other. You need to tell people, but you also need to show people. It's in your actions. It's in your love. It's in your humility that it presents this opportunities as in give them. Show them, tell them, and then give them. By give them, I'm not meaning that we give them salvation. I know that comes from Christ, but we give them the opportunity. We ask them, would you like to know more? Would you like to accept Christ as your servant, as your Lord, as your Savior today? Would you like to be washed clean by his blood? Ask them, do you know this love? Do you know Jesus? How about you? Do you know this love? Do you know this Jesus? And as I close, I have one final thought. And it comes out of Jesus' sayings in verse 15 of John 13. He says, I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Imitate Christ. Imitate Christ. If we are to count ourselves as followers of Christ, there must be humble service in our lives. If we are to count ourselves as followers of Christ, there must be humble service in our lives. We must imitate Christ. Jesus came to serve. Serve like Jesus. Like Jesus, we must be people of the towel. We must wash feet. We must humble ourselves for the sake of others. We must love others. We must go low. More specifically, we must wash people's feet. Serve others both physically and spiritually and be humbled like Christ for the sake of others. Let's close in prayer and we'll have one final song. Lord, we thank you for this example you gave us of serving others that even in this day when you're, when you're accepting all this celebration, all this proclaiming of Hosanna, Hosanna, people adoring you for the wrong reasons. You didn't turn around. You didn't say, oh, why am I even doing this? They don't understand. They don't know. You didn't give up on us. No, this scripture reminds us you love them to the end. Lord, I just thank you for the examples you give us in your word. I thank you for the teachings, for your wisdom. And I just pray, Lord, please continue to pour into us. Continue to be a teacher and Lord to us, Lord, and continue to guide us. And may we look to your examples as teacher and Lord. May we get down and dirty. May we wash people's feet. May we serve people. May we humbly, sacrificially serve and tell them and show them the love of Christ. Amen. Please rise with us as we sing Hosanna. Let's give praise, let's give honor, let's give